All right, guys. Big episode of the Nordies podcast. The Vikings show us that winning ugly is beautiful as they move to 5-1. and one. The Timberwolves get started this week. The Wild are ice cold, and we even talk a little bit about Major League Baseball's playoffs. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Man, do I feel good after that hot D podcast? <laughs> yeah, wow. me too. I was, All I got to uh, say is five and one. Yeah, five you know and one. It's been a great weekend, great television. We did a great podcast already on House of the Dragon, episode nine. Uh, the Vikings are five and one. They're one of the, what, three best, four best records in the NFL? Already, they have a two-game lead over everyone except for the Eagles and the Giants and the Cowboys in all of the NFC. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. But before we dive into a bunch of Vikings talk, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. You get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate right. it. You guys are the what best. Are you guys, what are you guys drinking tonight? All right, I'm at 56 Brewing. You guys remember them? Like nice little northeast spot. And this is a beer they're calling Dad's Basement Beer. Enjoyed by your dad, probably. Premium lager beer, certified crispy boy. A lot of copy on this label. Um, and you know what? It's a very nice, tasty premium lager. I'm enjoying it. Good price. All right, I'm drinking Modest's Radiant Preserve. It's an apricot peach saison. And I was really excited about it because I like saisons and I like apricots and I like peaches and I like modest. So I thought those are all things that I like. But in reality, it's been just okay. Really? Oh, I was gonna say like all of the things lining. It, it felt like the stars coming into you know into play for you. Yeah, but it's just okay. It's a little it's a little sweet, like in a bad way. Okay, mm. that's too bad. Sorry, bro. It's like most most Oktoberfests. I think our, I might be being just filling picky. up with beer. I know we and we should be picky. We have a million options. Uh, we'll I'm say that, like picky. our fridges not, are filling up with beer. We don't want to finish. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just is. It's just it's okay for a modest beer. Um. All right, guys. So here we go. We're gonna dive right into our Minnesota Vikings. They are five and one. Skull Vikings. They went to Miami and won twenty four to sixteen. Their fourth straight one score game. No one seems to like this Vikings team, and I don't mean Vikings fans. I mean national. No one is really talking about them. Um, every right. podcast I listen to, they're like, "Man, the Vikings stink." But one who I do think is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. The Packers, the Rams, and the Bucks are all going to be good. And I'm like, well, the Vikings are getting it done, and those teams aren't. And so I understand why people yeah. think that. Like, when but is that going to happen? We're six weeks in now. And... Yeah. Winning ugly is beautiful. That's what I think. And the Vikings have been winning well, ugly. I think Score North, Score North had, the, uh, I think, the best way to put it, winning anyway. Yeah. Like, right. despite, despite all of the negatives that you could write, all of the adversity all of the like the slow start from kirk this week we won anyway we won despite all of it and that's fantastic i thought that for how this game was ugly and there was parts where the offense was really bad and we gave up a ton of passing yards to teddy bridgewater and skylar thompson and you know this that and the other thing despite all that at no point in the game did i think we were going to lose for the entire 60 yeah. minutes there wasn't one minute of the game where I said, fuck, we're going to lose this game. I was, like, frustrated. Oh, my gosh, the offense looks terrible. Oh, my gosh. Can Chandler Sullivan – is that his name Chandler? 
Chandon. Chandon Sullivan. Can he be near anyone at any point of time? Can he stop shrugging and putting his hands up confused? No, he can't. But it doesn't matter because I, <laughs> I felt good the whole game. I think we have a pretty decent roster. Um, we're like any team that doesn't have that has a quarterback on big money. There's holes in our roster. There's old guys, uh, but there's some real talent at some good positions, and I will take it. Justin Jefferson had another huge game. Uh, we finally got a run, you know, longer than I could do by Delvin Cook and the defense. Even though they gave up a lot of yards. They made big plays at the right times. The pass rush came to life finally. Um, Smith, Hunter, and Jones were kind of all over them uh, and their backup linemen, which was great. And I don't know. I'm just done making excuses for the Vikings. Why is the Giants and the Jets great stories, but the Vikings are meh? We didn't make the playoffs. Uh, New York City. I guess, but it's just like... We it wasn't like we were a good player la- or a good team last year. We didn't make the playoffs. We had a losing record last year, and suddenly we're five and one. Everyone needs to mm-hmm. to calm down on uh, ripping on the Vikings nationally and locally. So, so Eric, that brings me to I've got five questions to ask you okay. about the Vikings. I'm calling this Barter's Bye Week Boredom, Ooh, just okay. for fun. Like that. Um, <clears throat> mostly just to kind of interject um, based on what you're commenting on. Um, and just ask a, a simple question. So Dalvin um, finally looked explosive, especially on his long run. Was he dealing with an injury coming out of training camp? Um, he looks like a completely different player. Or was he simply just like maybe not in the best shape he's ever been in? I, I don't see that as being the case because he obviously looks very fit. Um, something was going on at least, I would say, in at least the first three weeks um, that he looked different, than especially than he did um, in that last run. I think that Dalvin is meant to play in a certain scheme, like a one-cut zone scheme, and I'm imagining that maybe we're running a scheme that doesn't fit his style as well. I'm not positive. I don't know. I don't have an answer on exactly what we're running. I don't know enough about football. But I would assume that maybe it's a scheme thing and that he doesn't fit exactly what we want to do. I mean, maybe he won't be back next year. Um, Also, I think that Dalvin hasn't had a burst really in two seasons now. Like, I don't think he has – a ton of home run hitting potential. And so it was nice to see him hit one of those late in the game. Um, but his longest run before that was like 16 yards or something, which is just bizarre. Dude, yeah. I no, will I get say it. this, that I when he, it. when he broke through that second secondary, I was like, is he going to get caught? <laughs> and he did he it. And I was like, Oh, he can still outrun people or at least keep up with them. He didn't, he didn't really like extend the gap. They didn't close it, but he didn't get caught. Uh, I just, it, I guess it was nice to see, him put his not run into the back of his uh, offensive lineman for the umpteenth time yes. to kind of put his foot in the ground. He kind of followed the stovepipe, you know, back up, you know, to the hole. And then when he had a little bit of open space, he he ran by everybody, and it just felt different. Maybe that was just a lucky one off, uh, but it felt different. So good to see. Good to see um, for all of the Vikings offense if he can pick up half of where he was three seasons. What's next? Oh, you can keep talking about the game, and then I'm gonna I'll, I'll throw in the questions oh, as we're okay. as we're going along. All right, yeah. so it has looked ugly, um, but Jefferson is I think now he's second in the NFL after we gave up infinity yards to Tyreek Hill yesterday, who passed him up. Um, but Jefferson has been just a revelation. You got even some from uh, Adam Thielen and Herb Smith kind of getting in on the action as well. And when I looked at the PFF rankings, I thought some of it was really interesting. Um, just of like how big 
or how good some of our guys have been. Uh, on offense, Kirk is their eighth-ranked quarterback, um, which I think has more to say about how bad the quarterback play has been in the NFL than how good Kirk has been. Um, uh, Delvin has been... Well, then, and then what's the, uh, what's the number for... Oh, I guess they just rank them. I was going to say, what's the grade for positions seven and nine just for reference if you've got uh, that if you got that handy okay like who is it? like you know you, well no I'm, I'm just saying like kirk could be eighth but then like maybe it's like separated by very minuscule points between seven six and five hmm. you know and nine like maybe, maybe it's like a little bit there. tighter of a long jam that's all i mean i can get it for you. <clears throat> so it's like, okay let's move let's let's keep talking that's not that it's not that important kirk is uh closely behind uh Tom Brady and uh, right behind him, right on his tail is Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah, I think sure. that that's been great. Kirk's been at least so- solid. Cook's been an average running back at 14th. Justin Jefferson, 12th at receiver. Uh, Thielen, 43rd. Osborne, 78th. So it hasn't been awesome for um, the other receivers. Here's some things that look good, though. The offensive line. Garrett Bradbury, we hate him. We think he's terrible. He's been the 13th best center. What in the world is the 32nd best center doing? You can't even imagine. <laughs> um, Ezra Cleveland, the 10th ranked guard. So if you imagine every team has two guards, that's like he's in the fifth best pair pretty much in the, the league or maybe fifth at his own. Well, that, that whole left side, the whole left side's been really good, hasn't it? Um, I mean, I yeah, fifth for – Those guys really get called out. 37th for Ingram, who's been an average guard for us, even though he's had his struggles in the past game. Derisaw has been the sixth best tackle in football. And Brian O'Neill, 12th. So the tackles have been wonderful. Cleveland at guard has been wonderful. Bradbury's been average at center. The O-line, I mean, a few years ago, who would have believed it? But we should believe it because for the last five years, we have spent a first or a second round pick every season on an O-lineman for five straight years. So that leads, that leads me to my second question, Eric. And I think Ed Ingram is pretty good in the run game, um, at least from what I hear on local podcasts discussing the advanced statistics. But is his pass blocking a huge problem? I don't think so. I'm not. I don't think anything on our line is a problem right now. Like nothing. I remember watching a play yesterday. He got absolutely thrown back into oh, Kirk Cousins, and just, it was I comical. That... And I wonder if that was just a like he stubbed his toe and like it was a technique thing, and that wouldn't happen again, uh, or if that was a sign of like him being just a little bit undersized and overwhelmed by legitimately good defensive interior defensive lineman i think he's like a big time run blocker like you said and i think that they are just trying to keep him you know not on an island and on that one he was in tons of space with a big huge tackle and he got absolutely bullied and got off balance i don't think it's going to be the norm for him he's going to be a damn good lineman Um, so that you think that was just like uh he just kind of flubbed the technique a little bit He's yeah. a rookie and he got bullied by a vet. That's just going to happen. Got happy feet a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, now on the defense, things aren't quite as good. Delvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillip ranked 19th and 32nd on the interior. Um, Zedarius Smith, who's been our best player, according to PFF, is 16th. And Daniil Hunter, 21st. So they've both been decent on the edge. Certainly uh, doesn't feel like Zedarius Smith has been our uh, best defensive player. I think he's just made a lot of big flash plays and, you know, they must grade pretty well when you make big plays and tackles for losses and sacks stripped guys on things. I guess it doesn't count against you when you don't make a single play against the Detroit (laughs) lions at all the entire game. Um, Where we've really suffered is our two inside linebackers, Eric Kendricks 
and uh, Hicks, Jordan Hicks, fifth and 59th. They've been atrocious this year. Um, and then in the defensive backfield, um, Pat Patrick Peterson is 18th, Cam Dantzler 31st, uh, Sullivan is 89th. I think he might need to get replaced sooner than later. Maybe Booth, if he mm. can stay healthy, he can come in and take that spot because he is. Or any warm body. Any warm body at 89th. I mean, I, I think, you I think find when you're 5-1, and one, I would look for the Vikings to make a trade, actually, um, here. They're going into their bye week this week. you got two weeks where you could get someone like on board with your scheme and maybe get them partially ready to be a part of it. I think that I would consider a trade. And if it was a trade for the Vikings right now, I would want um, a defensive back, a, a nickel corner or a safety. Because uh, Harrison Smith's been the 36th ranked safety and Cam Bynum 69th. So nice. they've really suffered in linebackers. They're back. <laughs> and those two guys, those guys, uh, both made huge plays yesterday for us yeah. to kind of secure things too. So that's kind of scary. So yeah, those guys have been really struggling. I wouldn't be surprised. I heard that like the chargers have some extra pieces that they might want to move at defensive back. So I would think that that might be an option, but I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the Vikings made a move here in their little bye week where you got some extra time where you could bring in a piece for, you know, maybe a late round pick or something like that. And I know in previous years and under a previous regime, we've been willing to do that, but also we made quite a few trades this off season so far, you know? So I think mm-hmm. that you're going to be a pretty active team. And I, I would hope that they're ready to support the coaching staff and this squad by building, you know, strengthening it in a year where the NFC is bad. The NFC is terrible. It's like the Eagles. It's so gettable. It's the Eagles who have, you know, a good team. They're solid, but, you know, an injury away from being whatever. And then you have like the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Vikings. What? Those teams aren't even that good. And then you have like a bunch of three and three teams and less, like the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Bucks, the Packers. I don't know. No one should, the Rams, no one should be afraid of any of these teams. So I would be. I mean, I would say the Seahawks aren't scary, but we haven't beat them in like a decade. So I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that they're easy. So we're heading into the bye week. When we come on the other end of it, we host the Cardinals who, I don't know. I think if they lose on Thursday this week, might not have the same coach. Um, It's funny that everybody loved Kyler Murray and now, um, besides Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray might have the second worst contract in football. Like no one would want to take it on. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of a loser. The Browns player. would, but they already got Watson. So yeah, well he isn't. He hasn't like assaulted enough women to play for the Browns. That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, we if we could be playing them with a new coach, I mean they're two and four right now. They've been kind of a disaster. And then after that, we're going to get the a road game in the worst home field in the country, uh, the Washington Commanders. And they're going to be without Carson Wentz. So I would imagine that there's... Yeah, he's having surgery, so he's done. There's a good chance that we could go 7-1 and going on the road to Buffalo to play the Bills. Plus, it's a a revenge game for Kirk playing at uh, FedEx Field. I would love it. Bills uh, would be 7 or 8-1 and at that point. We could be 7-1. and It's got to be the biggest game of the... Of the week that week, I I can't wait. So oh, that's getting flexed. That's getting flexed for should. sure. That should be yeah. prime time three twenty five game. So um, yeah, in other news, game, baby, I love it. In other news, the Packers <laughs> might actually just be. They might not be good. That's for sure. They're getting. Do you like, think that this is one of those played. moments though, where, where Rogers is at the presser and he's like, "Call or what is it? Relax." relax. And relax. then all of a sudden they they win like seven games in a row. 
that can happen. I mean, the problem is, is like they aren't good at anything. They don't have a good defense. <laughs> they can't stop the run at all. Their special teams is super sloppy, and they uh, can't pass the ball downfield. He has been inaccurate, and their run game stinks. What are they supposed to hang their hat? Well, I mean, it's it's a uh, I think it's a Devonte Adams sized gap in their offensive play calling. I mean, think about, I mean, if you took Justin Jefferson out of the Vikings and you were like, we're rolling with Thielen, KJ Osborne, some rookie we just drafted who shit his pants on the first play of the season and dropped a touchdown pass (laughs) on the road, um, who's like kind of invisible. And then we have this other guy, Dobbs, who's decent. Like, you're, no, not, I, you're not feeling good if you're if you're Aaron Rodgers or Matt Lafleur calling plays. I'm not, and I think like to me, um, I can't believe they didn't go for Robbie Anderson, who just went for like a sixth round pick. Um, yeah, that's was, that's uh, weird. Or yeah, I'm surprised Deshaun Jackson hasn't signed. I can't uh, believe Deshaun Jackson hasn't signed for them yet either. The other one is um, DJ Moore, another car, another Panthers receiver. I could imagine that they would go after, but I don't know. I just feel like the Packers imagine that it's just all going to turn out okay but like you get to a certain age as a quarterback and you get to a certain place as a team where you just can't like wait till the last second to turn it on so I don't know I think the Packers might be bad I'm sure that like all of our Wisconsin Packer fan listeners will rub this in both of them yeah we'll rub this in my face in in 10 weeks when they're like in the NFC like the number one seed in the NFC or something but I don't know. I can't see it. They look really bad. They got completely dominated by the Jets and a 17 point loss at Lambeau seemed like it wasn't enough for how bad they played. They dropped a pick six, the Jets did, and it just they just kicked their ass all over the field. They and, just had- and Zach Zach Wilson's Zach Wilson's their quarterback. Zach Wilson had 110 yards and it just didn't even matter. They, they just kicked their That's ass. That's what I'm saying. Like if yeah. if that was Josh Allen, it would have been 50 to 10. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think they get to get right this week by playing the Carson Wentzless commanders themselves. Um, I'm sure they'll win that one and get back on track a little bit. But their bye doesn't come until week 14. So it's not like they can just fix Way too late. bye week. They have yeah, a late but... bye. They make the latest bye. But if they do lose to Washington, how funny oh, would that be? So there's that. It would be the to. best thing of the whole year. I would laugh. I'm <laughs> thinking about in or out right of now. sports, just in general. <laughs> Yeah, it's just okay. So, Eric, you 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 mentioned the Viking schedule, and you mentioned there's two very gettable games mm-hmm. coming out of the bye week. So, I'm going to ask you: Do the Vikings win more than ten games? Do the Vikings win ten games, or do they win fewer than ten games? I think that the Vikings are in great shape to win over right now. I would say that I would probably put us at twelve and five, and that would be just being okay the rest of the way. What that would be. So that's, that's assuming health and Kirk Cousins doesn't get hurt or anything like that. Yeah, that would be seven and four the rest of the way. I mean, that is not crazy to think about. I mean, I don't think that's asking too much yeah. at all. Um, well, we've got a, we've got a good home stretch in there, but we've got we've got the Cowboys, and then late we've got at the Bears, we've got at the Lions, and we've got at the Packers, kind of down the stretch. We haven't played besides the the Eagles, which we lost to. I don't think we played any like super good teams. I mean, we thought that we beat the Packers, and we were like on top of the world, and maybe that wasn't that impressive, which would be funny. Um, so we have some tough games coming up compared, but. I don't know. I think we can improve. Like, we're kind of sloppy on stuff. Like, we have stuff we can clean up and easily improve on, right? I mean, it's o- a new Other than system. special teams. These are the games uh, we're other- supposed to struggle in, and we kind of have, and we won anyways. 
And so if we kind of clean it up and everybody gets on board with the system and the coaching and it's all clicking, dude, that's seven and four should be not that unattainable. We have six home games. I like the, I like the confidence. Six home games, five road games, and we have the best um, home field advantage in the league. So if there's a place to start at for confidence, it should be that. Um, our road. Yeah, game- I mean the 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 stretch the stretch with the with the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Jets at home. Then we go mm-hmm. at Detroit, um, and then we go Colts and Giants at home. And I think that's uh that'll be kind of the telling meat of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, very easily. You play five. It's, it's nice that we have. Yes, I think that's a that's a. It feels like um, not the advantage, but like maybe the the scheduling gods shined a little bit on the Vikings in that scenario. I'm not saying that these are automatic wins or anything like that, but I feel like that schedule sets us up for success so far. Oh, absolutely. I think we should feel really good um, at this point with where we are. Um, there's no one on earth that's a Vikings fan, player, coach, owner, that wouldn't have taken five and one going into the bye. So I'm really pleased. We should be excited about this team. And uh, it feels great that our, our neighbors in Green Bay are struggling more than they have in quite some time. Now, and let's let's shout out Kevin O'Connell for refusing to take the bye coming out of the London game, because I think that was an option. Yeah, I, I don't know how this scheduling works, but I, it's mm. the way it seems like they present the Vikings with the option. You can have the bye week after the London game. And he said, no, we're going to play that following week and we'll take the bye in the subsequent week. And I think that paid off in droves yeah. now that we beat Miami. Won them both. All right, so here we go. Um, Dan Snyder is gathering. Hold on, I got, I got a couple, I got a couple more questions. Okay, I I didn't get to them, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and I think these, I think these are important. Is there um, a position other than QB and offensive tackle that we're like one injury away from crashing and burning on the Vikings? Jefferson. I mean, he's just so important. Okay, sorry. Okay, not our, not our best player, but like, you know what I mean? Like, is it like, is it Eric Hendricks? Is it? Dalvin Tomlinson, is it Zedarius? I, I kind of think our defense is so trash, at least like so devoid of stars that like I just don't think anyone could crash our defense. Like we would just continue to bend but not break and break sometimes. Um, just plug another warm body in there <laughs> and you're good you to go. Put, like, they'd be like, oh, well, we'll just take this 34-year-old and put him in. Um, it seems like a mess to me, and I think that there's like, um, you know, I think Donatel's just trying to hang on this year with the crappy guys he's been given. And uh, on offense, I mean, I think other than Kirk and Jefferson and maybe Darison O'Neal, I don't think anyone even really matters. Yeah, I would say the tackles. Yeah, the tackles are the QB, but yeah, I understand. Maybe the um, punt. Okay, yeah. so then my uh, dude, 70-yard <laughs> punt? Jesus, Christmas. That was incredible. <laughs> guy, guy, hasn't, guy hasn't missed a meal in seven years either. Um, this is my last question. And this one may be a little more complicated or maybe not. Um, and I say this with the complete understanding that I know this team isn't close to perfect. Um, but you know, the, the, what scary troll, um, is hiding under the bridge when the Vikings bandwagon goes rolling over that in the, in the sense that, um, we've got some last minute wins, um, when we've played kind of poorly, um, that's maybe covering up some sort of a major flaw. Um, is it just the fact that everyone's kind of adjusting to a new system both offensively and defensively, or is there a potential like larger problem to, that hasn't quite affected us in the way? Like I'm thinking back to the season where we started five and zero, and then we lost six of the next seven, or something like that, and like everything went, uh, you know, belly up. 
Um, I guess it, maybe I'll change and amend my last answer a little bit too. Maybe if we lose a little more depth in our defensive backs, which is already really bad, um, we might really suffer because it's already a struggle at that spot. Um, and then also, I mean, primetime Kirk is just waiting around every corner. I mean, we play we play like a Monday night game, a Sunday night game, a Thursday night game still on, on Thanksgiving. Can you imagine Bill Belichick playing Thursday night Thanksgiving Kirk? No, that's going to be awful. We're losing that game. Oh. It doesn't matter if Bailey yeah. Zappi or whoever is at quarterback, uh, he will lose those. So he's just an absolute, you know, late start time away from torpedoing a week. Unfortunately, so that's why, I mean, yeah, going, going back to like the... Get, uh, the more prime time opportunities you get. That's what I was going to say. I <laughs> joked about the Bills game getting flexed. And then as Eric started talking, I was like, oh shit, I hope that game doesn't get flexed. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. There was part of me that was like, please God, let's just not nah, keep it at noon. It's fine. All right. Anything else? Are we good? We're good. We're good. We All are right. good. Sorry. I didn't mean to, I, I was hoping it was going to happen a little more organically, but I was also like too into listening to you that I wasn't paying attention. So thank you for indulging Barter's uh, bi-week boredom questions. I love, I love it. The, the bi-week boredom. I hope it comes back next too. All right, uh, Dan Snyder, the dirtbag owner of the commies, is uh, gathering dirt on the owners <laughs> and Roger Goodell. He's, uh, you know, had private investigators and legal teams together trying to find things to, like, hold over the head of, of uh, you know, the other owners. I think this is just absolutely wild. Jerry Jones came out and is one of his only allies, supposedly, and was battling with him. I don't know. Uh, what do you what do they even do? I love the quote that's like, you know, Dan Snyder says that all the owners hate each other. And then one of the owners responded and they're they're like, no, we don't. We all just hate Dan Snyder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe that's why he thinks that everyone hates each other when we just only hate him. Uh, yeah. So I'm really hoping uh, something bad happens to Dan Snyder because he's just an absolute piece of crap. Um, also in football news, Tennessee, the Volunteers, beat... Uh, Alabama in football for the first time in how long, Ryan? Oh, I don't know. I, I was throwing out numbers, but it's been a long time. Forever. Uh, uh, this was a six versus three matchup. Tennessee is back. Uh, it was an absolute party in Knoxville as they carried the goalposts out of the stadium. What the hell happened to the goalposts? They got thrown into a lake or a river of some kind. It, it, it definitely made it to a body of water. I will say that. And ironically enough, um, Apparently, I don't know if this is a scam, but I've seen tweets floating around about how the University of Tennessee set up a GoFundMe to crowdfund goal goalpost replacement costs. They better not have. Good. Um, I'd be like, uh, just take it from the same pool of money that you're like buying strippers for kids who are. It already has a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> in it. Um, yeah, so that's exciting though. That was no, it no the the GoFund the GoFundMe already has a hundred thousand dollars. That's amazing. That's for the goalpost. Uh, yeah. So yes, the game was what fifty-two to forty-nine. I think was the final. This was one of the craziest football games I've ever seen. Um, and it had the guy I would love to be the future Vikings quarterback, Bryce Young, on the losing end of things. Uh, Hooker, the quarterback of uh, Tennessee, was just crazy. There was a guy on the team who had – I'm going to make up the stats, but it was something like six catch, six catches for 207 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, Hyatt. Was, it was just absolutely Just absurd. the long ball guy. I love it. They, weren't, they were all – they were from all different – Lengths, Jimbo. Some of them were 15 yards. Some of them were 70 yards. It was all over the map. 
That's awesome. Um, all right, guys. So let's move on, though, to NBA. Uh, we love the Timberwolves, and they finally get started this Wednesday. They're going to be playing against the Thunder. Um, where are we at right now with our mood on and our excitement level for this Timberwolves season? I mean, hype. I'd say coming outside of the, the Jimmy Butler season, um, which was maybe just so hype because we were, like, so used to getting just slaughtered every time and being a lottery pick and all these things. And we finally had some potential going and then we, we get Jimmy Butler, all those reasons. Right. But we should absolutely be more excited about this season than we were then uh, because we're actually building on something. Uh, I think we have no reason to think we wouldn't do better than, than last year, uh, which means we're out of the lottery. We're firmly in the playoffs. Maybe we get ourselves, uh, you know, home court advantage in a series and, um, and we go from there. But I mean, I will say that like some of the teams in the West, have fallen off a little bit and given like the jazz, like good. We don't have to really compete with them. They're blowing everything up. Amazing. Um, but you know, now we have the Clippers to contend with and maybe the Lakers figure it out. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of competition in the West. Like there always is. So as good as I think they're going to be, uh, you know, it's hard for me to imagine that they, they do get up past four. Uh, I think I have them at the five seed at this point. With who? Let, I me, let me throw some, hold on. Let me, let me, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. If you yeah, want me to, you to list out, here's my prediction for the entire West. Ready? Mm-hmm. Number one winning the West is the Warriors. Uh, number two, in a huge jump, would be the Clippers. This is kind of a, an out-there prediction. I think they're going to be very fucking good, unfortunately. We got the Suns, who this is kind of a wild card because they're everything's sort of falling apart for them right now, it feels like. But, you know, they're obviously they won a ton of games last year. They're very good. I think they have the best record in the West. So I, I have to put them up there. Uh, Jokic and the Nuggets get the four spot. Um, I do put the Mavs slightly above us, and I think that if anybody were going to jump anybody, it would be the Mavs. And then you have us at the at the five seed, and then I think the Lakers come in after, or the Grizzlies come in after that. Okay, and then Lakers, and then down the line a bunch of fucking losers. Uh, Pelicans are going to be in the like the play in games, I think, uh, mm-hmm. and so will the Blazers. And then you just got like Kings, Jazz. Spurs, Kings? Thunder, Rockets, just trash, trash, trash. I kind of messed with the Kings. I think they're going to be greatly improved, but they're going to be playing in the playing game. All right, I'm just going to give you a couple yep. of my thoughts on this. Um, yeah, what do you think? I think Golden State's easily going to get the one. They're the best team. They just signed our boy Andrew Wiggins to a massive $109 million four-year contract. Good thing it didn't work out for us here. Um, then they're going to get the first. Uh, the Clippers is everyone's darling team because they're super deep and they have the two big stars. The two big stars are never healthy. Those guys are going to play like 40 games a piece, maybe. They're going to be yeah, in the middle of the I know, pack. that is that, that that's really good news. To, I, think it's, I think it's very, I don't know if it's ballsy, but like it's very, in my opinion, a little bit silly to pick the Clippers when Kawhi hasn't played meaningful basketball in a year and a half. I mean, you don't even know what you're going to get from him. You don't even know, mm-hmm. oh, is he going to be like, well, I'm not playing this year. And then just right. decide to sit so, out the rest of the year. You just described one path for us to get to the four seed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll There's one. Perfect. I'll keep going. The Suns, things are falling apart for them. The way to beat them is out there. They're a year older. Um, their owner's in the middle of selling the team. They're going to be just mm-hmm. an okay team. They're going to be like a four or five seed. Denver, I think, is going to be good, but they're going to be a class. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying like just because a team is selling uh, one owner to the other that they're immediately going to be bad? Yeah, I kind of think they're just a mess. I think everyone <laughs> saw how to beat. I'm just kidding. That was a Chelsea. That was a Chelsea soccer um, joke here. Relax. Um, I, I think Denver's going to be a classic Denver regular season where they have a great record and they're going to get the two seed. 
and then they're going to lose in the yeah, first round. Yeah, I think Denver's better. Denver's better than four, for sure. They're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Then um, an absolute regular season gangbuster team is going to finish third. The Timberwolves are going to finish third because they're young <laughs> enough and they give a fuck enough to like try to win a bunch of regular season games. So they're going to finish third. Uh, behind them is going to be Phoenix and then the Clippers, who are going to have to play each other in the first round. Uh, Memphis is going to be the six. They're going to be down a little from last year, but still good. No, I'm sorry. Dallas is the six. And that's who will play in the first round. Dallas and Luka, which is not good. That's fine. Memphis will get the seven. The Lakers will get the eight. The Kings will get the nine. And uh, did I say New Orleans already? I don't know. Some scrub Well, that's another thing. It's like, yeah, if Zion's fucking healthy, which, of course, he looks great. And, oh, he dunked the ball. Wow. I mean, he's, he's... Pekovic. He's closer to Pekovic than he is to fucking Shaq. So no, it's like when the uh, Bucks drafted drafted that uh, like Chinese uh, center, and they were like, "Look how good he moves!" And then Yi like Jin you Liang. saw the highlight tape, and it was like, "Yeah, Yi Jin," and like it was just a chair in the middle of the lane, and he was like doing post moves against a chair. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, what? What? There's not. It's not even a defender. Like, let's do it. Um, so I do think the Wolves are going to do really well in the regular season. I think playoff Wolves will just be okay. I think they'll get to the second round, um, but they are going to just be okay in the playoffs. And that's okay. If we got to the second round... Your hottest take there, a hotter take than even the Wolves getting the three is that the two seed's going to lose their series. That, like, never happens. Dude, when have the... When have the Nuggets ever been good in the first round of the playoffs? Every year they're like, Jokic is the MVP. They're so good. And then you realize that the entirety of their regular season was Jokic putting on outworldly performance, carrying the team by himself for 82 games. He just works harder, way harder than everybody else. I think that Jokic is so good. He gets MVP. I get it. Like, but goddamn, he just works hard in every fucking game and his stats are ridiculous and they win a lot of those games. It's like he's like the opposite of, of like your Kawhi, right? That's like, dude, I'm going to rest, rest, rest. And yeah. then, you know, maybe we have to battle from the fifth seed up because we rested so much during the season. But Well, I mean, Jokic has two brothers that are like in the, you know, Ukrainian mafia that'll kill him if he doesn't have like good performances financially. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they'll fight anybody. I love that. <laughs> the other Jokic's. Um, so... Um, so I just wanted to run th- I, real quick before we move on. I wanted to run through the roster from 17 and just give you some names of regular players who got regular minutes under Thibodeau and why if Chris Finch is even remotely capable of coaching this team um, on a nightly basis and not just like running the same thing, but like adjusting and, and understanding players, um, why this team will be significantly more successful than that team and and maybe it's apples and oranges comparing the 17 west team uh 17 west conference to this yeah. one uh but let's just run through a few names um guys that got meaningful playing time obviously um carl anthony towns and uh jimmy butler that that without question they were starters uh, if they were healthy um but then we had like a mishmash of derrick rose uh, Jeff Teague and Tyus Jones at guard. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Andrew Wiggins at the at the small, um, and there really wasn't a backup. I guess Jimmy Butler could play there. Um, we had Shabazz Muhammad Ooh. kind of Don't off the bench. The for, oh, he played a lot. Um, we had Gorgie 
Um, and Cole Aldrich were our centers. You know, I was really surprised. Um, no, I don't think and, any of those three guys are in the league anymore. Jim, I was really and surprised. And then Bielitsa, who's a... I'm sorry, I, I was just really What's surprised ahead, sorry. when Jim had his second child that he didn't name him Gorgie. <laughs> at that time, yeah. <laughs> at hey, that time. Gorgie's a great man. He's like he's like King Viserys. Great guy, <laughs> not a, not great on the court or in the Kings. Billy, Billy and Gorgie Dreschmeyer would have been a perfect guy. <laughs> great together. Um, and then, like, uh, uh, handful, we had Taj Gibson, who was 100. Um, yep. And a bunch of other no-names. Bielitsa. Uh, who's also an NBA champion, I think, at this point, because he yeah. was on the, the Yeah, team getting so many minutes was was a shame. Um, so if you upgrade... Nice to see Tyus, upgrade... Like, starting regularly for the Grizz and Wiggins with his new big contract with the Warriors. So we had a couple pieces, even if we didn't know it at the time, that turned out to be better than we they were here anyways. But, yeah, I mean, but I think we I think team. Across, across the board, that team versus this team, we've other than Towns, obviously, um, the upgrades at every single position... Yeah are noticeable um, just by name alone and just by presence alone. So I think um, maybe we were more excited about Thibodeau and Butler as a combination of things, um, but I feel like yeah. the players on the court for this season are significantly better um, other than other than Jimmy being kind of on another level at that time, um, that the, the players on the court are significantly better. And I would take Anthony Edwards over that version of Jimmy Butler Nine out of ten times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, you bring up a great point. We're much deeper. We're much better. Even even our best players are better. Towns is is Towns is way better now than he was then. Um, well, and, and we've signed significant bench pieces, yeah. too. And I think that's that's yeah. that's way better. Than, I'm, than, I'm super excited. The guy, Wednesday night the guy, against the Thunder, we definitely win <clears> this game. Um, and it's upwards from there. The guys that um, are on the bench this year would probably would have started for that team in, in 17. So yeah, Jimbo, I got a question for you. What's I actually up? have four. One, <laughs> what is the, Eric, you can ask this too. What's the exact number of Wolves wins this season? Gun to your head and you got to get it right. 49. That's terrible. They that won 48 low. last year. Yeah. One more than last right, season. Right, I think right. it's. I'm going to go with uh, the Wolves are going to win fifth, six games. And they're going to be the 56. Yeah, that dude. That's the number I was thinking. I literally had fifty six written down. Yeah, fifty six games. Fifty six is the number. I love it. I think that okay. So forty nine is too low. I, I think that fifty three puts them in where I think that they're going to finish, which is like four to six. Okay, and I think, I think you're. I think you're emotionally hedging. I, I think you're trying bit, to. Yeah. I think you're trying to keep the expectations low, and that's okay. I understand. Um, Next question: Does Ant make his first All Star game this season? Yes. Yeah, he this does. is tough. He's ready. He's ready. Okay, He's about, be can the, you do the, like man. second team thing? Is there like first team, second team? Can we do That's any of that shit? I'm not saying he's starting. I'm not saying he's starting. I'm not saying okay, anything. I'm yes. just saying, does he make the All Star roster this season? Yeah, I think so. Yes, he does. So you guys think he's that big of a household name for a small forward to make three, the All Star? said nobody is trying to argue about Ball over Edwards. Go Bear, three All Stars. What was that, Eric? You realize that nobody's talking about Lamelo anymore, and they're all talking about Edwards. Um, I actually think that we're going to be kind yeah. of disappointed with with Gobert's like stats, but we won't be disappointed with his impact. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like, I think yeah, I agree. Sure. So cool. that was that's my next question. Um, it, it kind of dovetails a little bit. Does D'Lo in a contract year kind of hit the rejuvenation machine, mm-hmm. playing with Gobert in this high low, which he hasn't really had? And I'm not saying. I'm not saying D'Lo is going to like uh, uh, score 
30 points a game. I'm saying, does he make Gobert better being good at sort of this pick and roll high low game with a big man um, that he's able to play that um, okay. uh, in a contract year where D'Lo, D'Lo has it. This is a prove it year for him, for sure. I think I'll say this. Yes, this makes him this makes him a better player. I think that he will be more efficient. I think he will shoot less than he did last year, and that's a good thing. Um, I think that he's going to try harder on defense and try to be more of a well-rounded role player and fit in um, to our system a little bit better. So I think that he <laughs> is going to be a helpful person. But you know, I, when you say like this is a contract year for him, I hope he doesn't feel like he has to show out and get in pad stats because that's not what we want. I don't think I think he knows that if he tries to do that that he's not going to get the next big contract. I think if if the game with Gobert is working and then shooting comes later, mm-hmm. that's the winning scenario. Yeah. Eric, Eric, you were rubbing I your, hope he your has, eyebrows. Like, he's going to lose so many games for us like he always does where he thinks that the end of the game is supposed to be like D-low ISO time. But in reality, he should know his role and he should like play off the ball and, and he should like sit in the corner and shoot. I don't think, I think if... I think if we're talking last 50 seconds of a game, if the ball is not in Anthony Edwards' hands, then mm-hmm. Chris Finch should be fired. Last year, it was Cat. I love the Cat shooting the final okay. three. I mean, he's a great three-point shooter now. No, but I'm saying like yes. a create-your-own-shot, one-on-one kind of moment. Yep. If it's fucking in anybody's hands other than Edwards, unless they decide to like, they sprint out and double-team him, and then he's got to well, give right. the ball up, that's fine. That choice, yeah. But like, if, if we're... If Chris Finch isn't like lambasting the players for being like, "What, Carl? What are you fucking doing? Give it, give it to Anthony. He's our best player." <laughs> then we should fire Chris Finch and hire someone who's going to be like, "We're going to be like, okay, we're installing you in here because <laughs> your only yeah, job is to make sure Anthony is, Edwards is ball hogging at the end and thinking ice in my veins. I better take this last shot. I better hold for a, a ugly shot. Um, that's on Finch. Play, play J Mac, and we have all the leverage." Like, if he doesn't want to do that, yeah. then he's not going to get well, a big Mack contract. is so. a great, efficient fucking bench guy. Um, I would I, I think he'd be fine in the starting role. I think we still win a bunch I'm, of games. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying Sergio. Yeah. But, like, if he's not going to listen, if he's going to pout because he's not getting yep. to shoot the ball, then then play somebody else. Yep. Um, last question, super easy, quick. Um, is Gobert defensive player of the year? No. Mm, no, probably not. On the Wolves. But he's, 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 he'll, he'll be up there. That. He'll be up there. I do think it'll he's probably be like uh, prime a little bit. Like yeah, I do. He's I really he's good probably... these days in defense. Like Aiton or like even Nikola Jokic could probably win fucking both. Um, I don't know, but yeah, he'll be really good. I think he's really going to change everything for us. I think. I think if we get these numbers on average from Gobert, it's a huge net positive. Twelve points a game. Yes. 13 and a half rebounds a game, four blocks, and like 60% shooting from the field. Okay, like so he's just hitting a lot of like well, bunnies. I want to see higher than 60 because I, I want him to only like dunk and lay up. But yeah, I mean, I want him to have, <clears throat> you know, eight shot attempts a game and probably not too many more. Than yep. Me. Keep it to a minimum, but like make them super efficient. Yeah. Guys, I got to be honest with you. I'm looking at the odds here. Fifth favorite to win defensive player of the year is Draymond Green. Fourth favorite is Robert Williams. Third favorite is Giannis. Second favorite is Bam Adebayo. And the favorite, by a, a large margin, Rudy Gobert. Let's go. All right. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go. Well, then, Rudy Gobert, DPOY. I don't know. We're just being negative because we're trying to be so You guys are fucking idiots. I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I mean, we got, like, we got three all-stars. We got... 
the defensive player of the year. We got three top twenty-five players. Two, like, two maybe MVP were, candidates in, in Towns and uh, Edwards. Maybe, th- maybe three was a little low, Eric. I don't know. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, other than that, we know better. We know better. Yeah, guys. This, this, like, this is gonna. This listening back to this episode at the end of the season is gonna be so fucking painful. <laughs> it's gonna be very cringy. Be like, yeah, it's gonna be very cringy. <laughs> thinking this is the Timberwolves. God damn it! They lost in the play-in game. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, what but, like, man, fucking wake up. <laughs> but I, I don't think I my questions. I don't think my questions were too out of control. The only one I think was a little bit of a stretch is D'Lo being me being a little bit more hopeful about D'Lo having um, someone to play off of yeah. and improving his game a little bit. But that you know, other than that, I I don't think asking about Ant or yeah. the team wins. Yeah. Love it. All right, guys. Well, let's talk about some other good news in basketball. That's our Minnesota Golden Gophers, which we will all be huge fans of as soon as they consistently win games. Um, and if they don't, we won't be. They just got a commitment from seven-footer Dennis Evans, okay? Uh, he is the highest-ranked out-of-state prospect for the Gophers since 1995, okay, when we signed Courtney James. He's the highest-ranked Gopher commit in the past 14 years since we got Royce White in 2009. One of the best recruits we've ever seen. So I remember Courtney, Courtney James. Courtney James was incredible. He played with Bobby Jackson in the Final Four team that yep. doesn't exist. Yeah, that got vacated. Exists in my heart, though. Um, yeah, so this is huge. They get this guy, seven-footer from California, 27th-ranked prospect in the country. Um, this is great. Ben Johnson's doing good work. That wasn't happening under Richard. It's big, dude. You guys I mean, don't seem that excited. Yeah, but he had meetings. He had meetings with Tyus Jones, yeah. so he tried really hard. Thanks, Richard. All right, guys, let's move on to the team that did start last week. That is the Minnesota Wild. They are as cold as ice. They are absolutely bleeding goals. And that's all the time we have for the Nordies podcast this week. Thank you. Uh, currently, uh, they are losing. As we are uh, recording this, they're down 4-3 to three in the third to the Avalanche. This would be their third straight home loss if they lose tonight. They have given up 18 goals in nine periods. They're averaging giving up two goals per period, which is just absurd. Um, they are scoring goals, which is great. The offense doesn't seem to be an issue at all. I'm sure they're one of the highest scoring teams in the league. But the fact of the matter is, is they are playing the worst defense ever, and they're getting just abysmal goaltending. Uh, Gustafson, in a tie 2-2 game, gave up an absolutely unforgivable goal tonight. Uh, one of the worst goals you'll see all year. And um, I don't know. The magic doesn't seem to be there so far. This is a team... That one or that only lost eight games at home all of last year and could be 0 and three at home to start the season. That is a really, really <laughs> bad start. Whoa, yeah. whoa, Eric, yeah. that's a, not a cool thing to hear right now. No, it's like a really brutal stat. So um, I think that they like the um, concern meter should be pretty high for this team. Uh, I heard one of their players very high say. We are playing defense like a fucking juniors team. Is what he said in his interview after the game. So, uh, I so is that is that a coaching? Is that personnel or like what's the what's the fix there? What's the issue? Um, I have no idea. I think this might be what happens when you're paying Parisi and Suter massive amounts of money to not play on your team. I don't know. And you, and you can't bring in any other guys. Yeah, yeah. You just don't have the money to spend on defense, and you're just playing some dusty guys on the on the blue line, and you're you're playing an ancient goaltender and Marc Andre Fleury, and you got rid of your pretty good backup to get a worse backup. I don't know. I just think that this just might be a not great 
not a great team, and that that's frustrating. Well, and it doesn't get better next year, does it? Financially, no. Next year is like more of the aren't same we paying time. them? So yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's that's exactly the same next year. But hopefully, some development of the young guys we do have, and I mean. I don't know. It's like we're already talking, trying to be positive about next season. Like the season, they'll figure some things out. They won't bleed this many goals at this rate. It's like insane. Yeah. So not ideal, um, but uh, it is what it is. So, guys, uh, let's move on to some Major League Baseball talk real quickly. They're in the middle of the postseason. We don't talk a lot about baseball, but the playoffs have been absolutely bonkers this year so far. So in the first round, you had the Guardians. Um, beat the Rays, uh, which was chalk. You had the Mariners, first time in the playoffs, um, upset the Blue Jays in a in a quick series. You had the six-seed Phillies whoop up on the Cardinals, and you had the five-seed Padres beat the four-seed Mets. So a lot of these lower seeds won in the first round. Uh, the second round is where things really got crazy. The defending champ Braves lost to the six-seed Phillies, and the one seed, 111 win LA Dodgers got beat by their rivals, the uh, Padres, who they just beat the absolute hell out of all season long, and then lost in four games. Um, couldn't hit the ball to save their life. Got outpitched. The bullpen without Tatis. Yeah, the bullpen of the Padres completely locked them up for four games. So you get the five seed Padres versus the six seed Phillies in the NL. And on the other side of it, Houston just decimated um, Seattle. It almost looked like they knew what pitches were coming. And uh, the Guardians and Yankees are going into a fifth and decisive game in New York, um, which will be uh, played now on Tuesday this week. Is that tomorrow now? It got delayed yeah, so Tuesday. long it got moved to Tuesday. So there you go. That's what we have. Uh, could, it's going to be the Yankees and the Astros, just the worst case scenario in the um, AL side and the Phillies and the Padres, which would be pretty refreshing on the NL side. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I am, well, I can't believe I have been openly rooting for the Guardians. Me too! Even though they're like our division rivals. But fuck the Yankees. I think that's one thing that we can unite America around together is everyone outside of New York openly rooting against the Yankees. Yeah, and I think that at this point, people actually probably hate the Astros more. With all their I guess with the cheating... Yeah, the help. big cheating scandal. And the recent was success a, doesn't help. Yeah, it was a, it was a real problem. So, um, yeah, that's what we have going on in baseball. And uh, we're not huge baseball fans on this show, but we try to mix it in every once in a while. I'm cheering for the Padres to win the whole damn thing. It would be fun. I used to be. It's just great to see the freaking Dodgers not, you know, the Dodgers to go down. I was just so tired of them making it every year, year in and year out. Same team. Dodgers versus whoever is the power in the, the AL that year. Two years in a row, they don't make it to the World Series, and that's just a win for all sports fans. Um, all right, uh, finally, the Premier League is absolutely hectic and crazy at this point of the year. Uh, the games are coming fast and furious as the World Cup is right around the corner, and they have to fit in like multiple European tournaments, domestic tournaments, and uh, the league season. So everyone's playing two games a week right now. The players are all getting injured. Everyone is completely exhausted. Um, but they're still giving us just crazy good games every single weekend. This weekend, the big game was Liverpool with their backs firmly pressed against the wall in a season-on-the-line game against the best team in the world, Man City. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't it wasn't without stress. But they got the job done uh, with who else scoring but most uh, 
how'd you feel about it, Jim? Uh, it's a bit of a Vikings win. Um, <laughs> in yeah. that, like, it, it was, there was no point when anybody could be confident about the win. Um, but it happened. And yeah, it was great. It was really fun. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm at the mindset now where even at the half when we were 0 0, I was happy. You know, I was like, oh, good. At least we're not down by three. You know, like, that's the mindset now playing City because they're so good and because Holland has been so dominant. And then to have just all these great performances and to go have the clean sheet and the win, I mean, it felt great. It was fucking awesome. I hate City. I know that you guys tell me all these other teams that I should hate more, but, dude, I just didn't pay attention at those times. And it's been City fucking us up every single year and winning the title by 1.5 points, 10 points, whatever it was. Um, so for me, like, that's the, the team that I – like, this is the game every year. City at home that I want to win the most, and so I mean, and I other this than, was our other worst chance Ever- to do so, and it worked out. It was amazing. Other than other than Everton from a geographical Merseyside derby, you know, type of scenario, I would say the Manchester teams, just by proximity, are your closest rivals, and not only for their levels of success, but like you said, City's kind of had Liverpool's number, um, other than pandemic season. Right. Uh, Project Restart when Liverpool was like just by far and away. And then, and of course, the Champions League too. But um, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and nobody, and let's not kid ourselves, nobody is happier than the Arsenal contingent. Let's go. Yeah. Correct, Eric? Yeah. I we was, did it for you. Oh, yeah, you did. Ars pool has been trending for the last... You were, Eric, you were probably hoping draw, right? I was just like, whatever happens, it'll be good for us because... I'm just worried about making top four. And this worked out great because oh, uh, we're, we're way ahead of Liverpool. You're one with a bullet. Four. Just stop. We're four ahead when of Liverpool. When are you going to – hey, how, how long into the season until Eric switches his mindset from, well, this, you know, one is nice, but it's temporary, and we will I mean, just we, be happy to get a, top four to being like, yeah, we're defending we have, the top of the table, and we're going to win the whole thing. I think if there's 10 games left and we're up by three or more points, then I'll start being like, fuck it, we're winning the whole thing. There's 10, but, ten, you, 10 games left. You'd have to be up by 30-plus, I think, for you to feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I won't feel comfortable, but like my expectation might change at that point. Right now, I'm just like, get as many points as we can because there's going to be a period where we're all hurt and losing, and I just want to not... I want to have enough bullets in the chamber to like survive the inevitable. Well, especially because you've kind of survived, you survived that issue early on. And now the glut of games is coming plus the world cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and your squad has a pretty solid amount of world cup level players. Um, but also everyone's taking a month off. So regardless of what happens, it's kind of tough to send everybody away. And this is for every, every team of like, okay, go, play for your national team or don't but if you don't can you just stay in shape like mostly like don't don't get arrested don't anything so i think i think that's that's just very difficult it's like come back and like okay you guys i know you guys are tired the other half of you you can sprint extra um it's just kind of it's going to be very bizarre when what is it december when they come back i don't i, I forget what the schedule it's is boxing day the 20 20- then december is going to yeah, then December is going to be bonkers. January is going to be bonkers. February, like the whole thing, and then Champions League's back, Europa League's back. So it's going to be nuts. Um, October is already like the fact that 
some of these national teams you're even going to have like healthy players by the end of the month is going to be astonishing mm-hmm. because of how many games like Eric said the Premier League is stuffing into one month between the Premier League Champions League etc so it's been fun um as a neutral I think uh Eric was sweating Leeds uh Jibbo was sweating City I'm just like everyone let's stay healthy on my squad <laughs> uh other than that it's been uh, it's been a good season. So, guys, I do want to bring this up because this is a kind of cool way to look at um, soccer. Uh, Five thirty eight. I know they're quite imperfect, but they're one of the only sites that's trying. Um, so they do their their SPI global club rankings to try to rank all of the clubs in the world. It's heavily based on where you were the last year and the year before that, combined with your performance this year and their assessment of your improvement of your team. Um, so here's their rankings. All right, so. I'm going to go as speedy as could be Milan, Salzburg, Leipzig, Villarreal, Dortmund, Inter Milan, Benfica, Atletico Madrid, Porto, and Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham at 11th. Those were the teams 11 through 20. Your top 10, um, they have Napoli at number 10, Ajax at 9, Arsenal up to 8, Chelsea at 7, Real Madrid at 6, Barcelona at 5, PSG at 4, Liverpool at 3, Bayern Munich at 2, and Man City at 1. And so... When you're feeling down about your team, understand that they have been great and they continue to be great. Um, Man City is great to make fun of because they always blow it in the Champions League final. But the fact of the matter is they're the favorites to win the Champions Champions League every year until further notice and the league every year. (laughs) And, you know, there's obviously a great contingency of, of teams from the Premier League that are making up that top 10 as some of the very best teams in the world. And I think that makes it a really, really fun league. So... I can't wait for more. Um, I sweated it out this weekend. And then uh, it's hard when you play on Sunday and teams like Chelsea and Spurs had already kind of held serve for their games. And then you got to go into your game being like, damn it. Like they keep on winning. Everyone's everyone's at the top. The cream yeah, really rises no. yep. top at this point. So it's been great. It's been a super exciting season so far. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward. To- well, and now City, just Erica City now has a loss. Yeah. Which they did not have. Yeah, which uh, principles day, which so, means the only uh, And once again, Arsenal refuses to draw games, and that's a that could be a a boon and a curse because <clears throat> last year, if there were times where they could have held, you know, like I don't know, you use the phrase held serve and maybe gotten some draws instead of you know some losses, I wonder if uh, things would have turned out a little bit differently, but. I mean, Arsenal seems like a different monster this year in the most positive way possible because Arteta has been building this. He was, I don't know how close he was to being fired at the start of last season um, with the 0-3, you know, nine nine goal differential in the negative. Um, Brentford, Chelsea, and I forget who the next one was, but like, um, I think Arteta was one game away from being let go, being sacked as head coach. Um, I don't think anyone would argue that, but then they finished stronger than anyone else and they started stronger than anyone else. So um, it's Eric. I think Eric deserves this. Thanks guys. Um, Thanks. The Vikings are five and one (laughs) Art The Arsenal are in first. Seems like a cool fucking Um, joke. And I think he's been, no, he's been, you've been punished enough at this point. I think the gods of sports are here just to, to mess with me. I know it. So you're right though. Arsenal doesn't draw games. They haven't drawn a game in 30 straight games, dude. That's crazy. They haven't drawn, That's a, game. They haven't drawn mm-hmm. a game in any competition since last January. <laughs> they don't draw. 
That's insane. That's insane. They don't they don't draw games. No, there's no yeah, draw. If it's, it's even, they just like throw all their offensive players in to win, and then yeah. they half the time they get a goal, and half the time yeah. they give one up, or what? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. I love is. that. That's fun as fuck, dude. A draw is boring as shit. Yeah. All right, guys. So that and somehow United's in fifth. United's in fifth with a game in hand, and that's disgusting. Yeah. Terrible team. All right, guys, I think we got to get out of here. We have one more podcast for you guys later this week. Go back, check out our Thrones cast as we talked about uh, episode nine of House of the Dragon. And uh, check out our later episode this week when we talk about uh, all the news you need to know in movies and television. Talk about the shows as you guys should be watching. So that's all the time we have. Thanks for hanging out with us here at the Nord East podcast.